You're listening to ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. Welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. I'm Dr. Bill Rutenberg, your host, and with me today are Drs. John Fortney and Rachel Brown. Dr. Fortney is the Senior Medical Director of the Adena Health System and Chairman of the Department of Pediatrics at the Adena Medical Center in Chillicothe, Ohio. Adena Regional Medical Center was the first hospital system in Ohio selected for real-time HD video conferencing telemedicine pilot project. Dr. Brown is a clinical assistant professor of pediatrics at the Ohio State University College of Medicine and an attending neonatologist at Nationwide Children's Hospital in Columbus, Ohio. Today we are discussing Adena Health System's experiences with this high-tech, state-of-the-art system. Hi, Drs. Fortney and Dr. Brown. It's great to have you joining us at the Clinician's Roundtable. Nice to be talking with you, Bill. Thanks for having us. How long has the system been up and running? We started in April of 2007, I believe. And I assume there was a bunch of planning before this taking place? Yeah, I think it started back in late 2006, and then we finally linked up about April 2007. How is a conference initiated? Does this start with anticipation of a problem or the pediatrician attending says, you know, I want some help now? Yeah, this starts with the attending pediatrician at Adena identifying that they have some question for the neonatology service at Nationwide Children's. And then it's just a simple matter of dialing them up. They answer and we get almost immediate audio video conferencing ability. No busy signals. No busy signals. Not so far. And Rachel, are you the one who's answering the phone? Sometimes I am. It's basically the attending physicians who are on service or on call when the call comes. Was this something that was a passion for you that you're the speaker today or, you know, you're the high-tech person there? Not particularly high-tech, no. When this kind of started rolling, I was the attending physician in the ICU at the time, and we had a lot of calls, and I just, I really enjoyed, number one, doing the consults for the folks in Nadina, but also meeting the people with whom I was having a relationship as far as the physicians in Chillicothe. So since then, it's, it's gotten bigger, and I've become a part of it, and I really enjoy it. What have the benefits been to both the Children's Hospital and to Adena? I think the benefits to Adena are pretty clear. And and number one, that's keeping babies and families together whenever possible. I think in the past, we had maybe a baby with questionable respiratory status or a concerning physical findings such as a rash or maybe a congenital anomaly, and we would just automatically call Nationwide and have the baby transferred there. Anytime you separate the family, Bill, you know that that's not good, so that now we're able to just call them up, and it may be still that the baby needs to go to Nationwide Children's, but we've decreased our transport rate about 50%, so we're keeping a lot of those family units intact, and I think that's marvelous. Yeah, that's great. And Rachel, benefits to the Children's Hospital? Well, I think I said one of them, but we love being able to communicate with the people that we're getting transfers from and meeting them basically over the teleconferencing unit. But we also feel like this benefits us too because we're able to keep getting the, the children that really need to come to us and keeping the kids who may only have a three- or four-day stay here where they can stay with their families. So it, it benefits both. I was just wondering, is there or will there be a training program in audio, video, teleconferencing medicine? I mean, there is a different dynamic when you're not right there at the bedside, when you are face-to-face with the parent, but you can't really be present in the same way. Does it require a special skill? Because I think you mentioned that these units are mobile, that you can actually 
communicate with the parent as well as with the physician in the nursery. What's this dynamic like for you as the neonatologist? It's wonderful. I think that the time that it really is important for us is we're finding out that if the the baby does need to come to Nationwide for whatever reason and they are separated from their mom, we're at least able to meet the mom and introduce ourselves and kind of explain things before she gets here so that when she gets here, she's over the concern about the hospital and who's taking care of her child. Now she can only work, she only needs to worry about her baby. And so I think that this gives them a lot of stress relief in that respect. As far as talking with the physicians, I think just just like when we used to use the telephone, you have to know what questions to ask, but this makes it a little bit easier because you can also see the baby so you can point your questions a little bit more directly. Getting down in the nitty-gritty, do you charge for the services? At this point, we don't because, again, this is still part of a pilot program. Ultimately, that would be something that, you know, more hospitals get involved in the more that we do this. It is something that we would ultimately have to bill for. And some places that do this more out west, they typically charge by the hour or by the number of minutes. And oftentimes, these phone calls aren't that long. They're maybe 10 minutes or so. So really, it would mostly be like a consultation fee. And does insurance reimburse as far as you know? That is not something that we have looked at yet. We probably would talk about billing the hospitals is really what we've talked about thus far. And John, would you then bill the patient? It's got to be an expensive system. Yes, it it is. But we really haven't gotten that far yet, Bill. I, I think that we looked at this as a project to see what its feasibility was. And now that we realize what the benefits are, I think that the the economics will come with time. That's not been a primary focus. And I think, as Rachel indicated, as it takes up more and more of their time, I think it becomes more of an economic burden to Nationwide than it does to the individual hospitals that are utilizing them. And I would expect them to continue, you know, to bill for that service. I think we would just continue to bill the patient as we would as we take care of them. What are your thoughts about the way the pediatrician is going to respond to the system? I understand all the benefits. I am a pediatrician. But I have a concern that Sometimes the judgment may be, I think we can do it. We'll hang on to this kid and then mm, not such a good idea. What's your experience have been? I think that that has not been my experience at all. I think at least in our health system, administratively, the thought is the last thing you want is a bad baby outcome. If you want to talk about something that can be an economic disaster, get involved in one of those cases. So that I think that, and Rachel can answer this, I think one of the reasons we were piloted is because we were sending kids a little bit too aggressively and kids that truly could stay here and could safely be cared for. And I think that that's all we've done is to get back to a point where we're keeping kids that deserve to stay here and sending those that really require the services of a tertiary or quaternary center. Rachel, what what would you say? I would agree with that. I think that if we observe a child that we have any concern about, we're still going to ask them to be transferred. We are not going to allow a child to have a bad outcome if we can prevent it. And I feel confident that the pediatricians in Adena would feel the same way. So we haven't ha- we haven't really come across the problem yet. I don't know if it would become a problem with other centers, but we really haven't had to deal with that yet. I think it's just really, quite honestly, streamlined the referral system. As John talked about earlier, there's kids that would, anytime we got a call about a kid, they would come. It was pretty much a 100% transfer rate for any kind of call that was made to us. And now, I mean, even though it's down by 50%, 
there's a good chance that those 50%, even without telemedicine, may not have been able to, you know, they may not have needed to come, but there was not quite as good of a level of comfort as we have now that we can actually see the baby. John, Rachel, could you give us a couple of real-life examples of situations where you've employed the system and how everybody responded to it and how it made a difference the baby wasn't transferred? Well, I've been involved with a number of these. So there was one child I, I know in particular that had a facial hemangioma. It was actually in the eye area that appropriately the, the pediatricians there were concerned because we do worry about those having neurologic implications and seizures. But what we did was we looked at the baby. The baby wasn't having any seizures, was feeding fine, doing everything else appropriately. And when we looked at the baby, we did realize, okay, this this baby does need to be seen, and probably shortly, just to make sure we could get an MRI. But what we decided was the baby could go home, and that what we did was we at Nationwide were able to, again, streamline the consult services and get the baby into dermatology clinic and scheduled for an MRI the following next two days. And those would all be done at Nationwide? Right. But the baby was able to stay with mom. But it's neat that you had everything set up in advance. So all the, you know, all the scheduling was done. They didn't have to go home and start making appointments. So this is beautiful. It was a seamless care. Because, I mean, we knew exactly what needed to be done because we were able to see the baby. We knew what it was. We knew what needed to be done. So it worked really well. Yeah, no, that's great. That's how medicine should be practiced. On the other side was a baby that I had born to a mother that's actually a nurse in our system. And the baby had some mild respiratory difficulty, but more concerning was the baby had some dysmorphic facial features and macrocephaly, large head, and it really concerned me. But with my ability to kind of describe this over the phone would not have been good. It's all I needed to do was I called them up, we got on the screen, I held up this baby, and they said, oh my, that's a problem. And off the baby went and appropriately so. But, you know, sometimes the picture's worth a thousand words, and my descriptive abilities aren't as good as they used to be. So (laughs) trying to describe a dysmorphic baby to somebody on the other end of the phone is very difficult to do. And I thought this baby probably needed transfer based on that as opposed to the respiratory difficulty. And as it turned out, it was appropriate to send the baby, and the mother was comfortable. She then got to talk to the neonatologist over the television and felt much better about the baby being transferred. So, so it helps us in a number of ways. Well, I'd like to thank both of you, Dr. John Fortney, Dr. Rachel Brown, for being my guest, and we've been discussing neonatal critical care audio-video medicine. I'm Dr. Bill Rutenberg, and you've been listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMDXM157, the channel for medical professionals. We welcome your comments and questions. Please visit us at ReachMD.com and enjoy our on-demand and podcast features, which gives you access to our entire program library. Until next time, I wish you good day and good health.